going Welcome to Aliens Land Here. Today is a fun Tesla episode. This is prompted by the release of Tesla's new version 9 software, but we'll probably talk about Mark and Mai's uh, Tesla owning experience and what we think about them. Did the software update go out to your Model 3 yet? I still don't have the update on the Model 3, so I'll only be able to talk about the stuff as it applies to the Model S. Model S without the enhanced autopilot hardware. Should we first go over pretty much our experience with our uh, P90Ds? Just after our 2014 podcasts talking about the very exciting uh, P85D, I moved from New York to uh, the Seattle area, and uh, it happens to be less expensive housing, or at least it was at the time. I hadn't originally planned to, but I went and I did a test drive, and I really liked it. I, I It just sort of worked out. I did not get the uh, ludicrous option, so I only have the 0 to 60 in 3.1 seconds and not 2.8. I do actually eventually sort of regret doing that, but uh, at the time, uh, I couldn't really justify spending as much on an option as my entire car, my entire other car I paid for. I mean, uh, you can still get that as an upgrade now, right? Yes, but at this point, it feels like I've waited too long. For reference, I used to have, uh, back before I moved to New York, when I was in New York, I didn't have any cars, but before I moved to New York, I had a a BMW 335, which I did like. And before that, I had a Ford Contour SVT, uh, which was mostly just a little thing to practice playing with a manual transmission. Uh, I miss driving manual. So I want to say shortly after you got your P90D, I went out and got one as well. I want to say it was within three or four months. You just couldn't deal with the peasantry. Exactly. Yeah. I had to one-up you and just... Yeah. (laughs) After after, uh, we both got the 335s, you had to go and get the M3. (laughs) Uh, When did you get the 335? I think I might have actually... Let's see. I got it in 2009. Okay, and I got my 335 in 2010, and then I got the M3 in 2012. I think I ordered the P90D with ludicrous speed in September or October 2015, and it ended up arriving in December, around the end of the year. Like, wasn't yours a P85D and it ended up having the upgraded battery? No, no. I, I So I test drove a P85D. And then they announced the ludicrous speed and started offering orders for it. And that's about when I placed my order. I did actually pick the P90D thinking, well, the extra battery capacity is probably nice and it would help resale. Stupidly, I didn't think about uh, if how much ludicrous speed would help resale. Because I, I think there's probably going to be a lot less demand for the ones without the ludicrous speed. Um, do you think the... Uh design changes helped or uh, hindered resale yeah i think i I prefer the old styling with the black with the black nose oh i I think it looks a little bit too bare still but i know there's a lot of people who disagree with me it took me about a year to get used to the new design and now i'm pretty much sold on it the model 3 doesn't really have anything at all 
Yeah, I don't think the Model 3 is as nice looking a car either. And then the Roadster is also the same sort of thing where it doesn't have any sort of That's grill. True. I think it looks a little bit better on the Roadster, though. Do you think it's because of uh, the Roadster is purposely flashy? That it kind yeah. of borrows the cues from some I, of the yeah, Porsches? It, it, it has it has enough uh, flash in other areas to sort of make up for the plainness in the front. Were, were you considering any other cars or... You just uh, heard that I ordered mine, won something really fast. and Well, uh, when it comes to the Tesla, we had been considering getting one for years. I want to say around 2014 or so is when I first test drove the uh, P85 when they uh, first came out. We went on a test drive and uh, it's nice. I mean, the uh, zero to 60 was around 4.4, 4.5 seconds. Uh-huh. It's just that the interior wasn't as nice as uh, the newer cars that are out. Right. Like one of the nice things about Tesla is that they iterate their design fairly quickly. Right. So um, one of the big complaints from my wife was the back seat of the original P85, that they were pretty much bench-like seats. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of the old Buick Sentry that my dad used to drive around back in the <laughs> early 90s. The uh, Tesla, the Model S has come a long way when it comes to the seat comfort. Mm-hmm. And uh, my understanding is that they're still improving on it. Yeah. So I'm actually looking forward to how it's going to look in um, 2019 when the whole uh, interior refresh is supposed to happen. Around when I got my car, they had just switched to, I think, the Tesla designed seats. At the very least, they had just upgraded the seats. And at the time, they still had the option between the new seats and the old seats. The new seats cost more money. Uh, My wife and I both sat in each one and were like, yeah, the new ones are definitely better. And so we paid the extra money for the the newer seats. But now they're just sort of standard. Yeah, and my understanding is they're about to switch them out again. I mean, when it comes to the Teslas, the interior of the um, cars that uh, you and I have, they're not as nice as, say, the Mercedes E-Class or S-Class. However, I mean, I have faith that they'll slowly improve and pretty much reach parity with a luxury car. Uh-huh. It's, I'm actually, I'm kind of bothered a little bit. Like, um, when it comes to Tesla that I remember when they were showing sales of the Model S, uh-huh. that they were comparing the sales of the Model S's to the BMW 7 Series and the Mercedes S-Class, mm-hmm. where realistically, the Model S is closer to a uh, Mercedes E-Class and a BMW 5 Series, size-wise. Well, not width-wise, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's sort of in between those sizes, I mean, the the Model S is a pretty giant car. (laughs) It's definitely very wide. It's wider than pretty much anything else uh, that's not an SUV. Mercedes S-Class is between 198 and 215 inches long, I guess, depending on if you get the long wheelbase or not. And uh, then it's 75 inches wide. And the Tesla is 196 inches long and 77 inches wide. So it's it's reasonably comparable to the smaller S-Class. But also, I think how they're able to make up for it is uh, the way the car is laid out yeah. due to there not being an engine in front, where I think they leaned into that a little bit with the Model S, and with the Model 3, they leaned into it even more. The, uh, the roominess on the inside okay. on the Model 3, that uh, my understanding is that the driver is... Um, 
sitting forward quite a bit compared to a normal car. That would make sense since they don't need the engine in front. Right, right. Uh, though you do get a good amount of frunk space in the Model S. Like uh, one of the cars I was looking at before I got a Tesla was an S63. And I just remember the back seat being gigantic in comparison. The Model S probably gives you a, a, a bit more trunk space. Because uh, it is pretty cavernous back there. I mean, the fact is with the Model 3, you can uh, get seats in the back. So you can seat a total of seven people. Although two of them do have to be children. But that is often the case when you're trying to seat seven people. And then, in fact, I got the jump seats on my Model S, so I would be able to uh, take myself, my wife, my kids, and when the in-laws are visiting, take them around as well. I've gotten a lot, a lot of use out of my jump seats. And when I had mine, I made sure not to get the jump seats because I wanted to specifically limit the number of people who could fit (laughs) in my car. (laughs) So you got the little cubby underneath them. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it was great for storage. Oh, yeah. The Model S is wonderful at hauling stuff around. It's almost a truck. Speaking of trucks, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what Tesla is going to do with their truck. Uh, yeah, the one that they had on the, when they were introducing like the Roadster and whatnot. Oh, and the, when they were introducing the Semi, uh, that one looked not great. It, it made it look <laughs> giant, and it was a truck that was holding another truck. Oh yeah. And I don't understand how this is going to like work with regular people. So I suspect that's not the market they're after. <laughs> I mean, that's not the actual truck that they're going to be announcing. I think it was just a. Uh, I think it was a just concept. a promo picture oh, or, or a concept. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tesla doesn't actually normally do concepts. They normally announce what's pretty close to what they actually release, which is very different from other car companies, which is interesting because a lot of people say that like Tesla announces vaporware, but in reality, they are the ones that what they announce is closest to what they actually eventually happens from any car manufacturer. Now they might take a long time getting there, but uh, what they announce is usually pretty close. BMW five series dimensions are uh, 195 long and 74 wide. So pretty significantly less wide and uh pretty close in length i mean the the model s to me felt similar to my 5 series that i had way back in the day for the model 3 the model 3 is actually considerably bigger than a 3 series in dimensions i believe although I, even though i think it was the tesla's target for that um i think it sits somewhere between like a a 3 series and a 5 series in size for the model 3 yeah, I could totally see that. And also, when it comes to the back seat on the Model 3, it's a lot better than what I remember on a uh, 3 Series BMW. Oh, yeah. With a Model 3, it actually doesn't feel too much worse sitting in the back than the, the Model S. You, you have a good amount of room back there for the size of that vehicle. I feel like the main compromise with the Model 3 when it comes to space is more in the trunk than the yep. actual uh, passenger Yeah, it, it space. basically feels like they shrank the front and the back and they left the passenger compartment pretty close. Uh, of course, uh, in the case of the Model 3 frunk, you can't really fit much in it. No, you cannot. You can get a good amount of stuff in the Model S frunk, especially the ones before they had the dual motors. 
sort so they probably could have fit more in the frunk in the model three uh if they didn't decide to have exactly the same design for the all-wheel drive as their rear wheel drive because during the dissections of the model three they had they found like a giant compartment where the other motors would go that you could fit basically a child in (laughs) getting back to our ownership experiences with the p90ds and so we went over sort of why we wanted to get them and for me it came down to i wanted something really fast that uh could hold seven people and i wanted something fast that was electric so for for me the electric was sort of a side effect though one thing i did find really nice is not having to deal with auto dealers that was it's it's if it would be really really difficult for me to go back to having to deal with uh, a dealership again it's just just like so incredibly stressful did i pick the right one am i negotiating properly etc i feel like it's a combination of the paradox of choice but then also just the whole um the way buying a car is set up is just completely terrible in this country i'd rather be giving my money directly to tesla than a uh, random intermediary anyway I mean, I like the fact that when you go to a Tesla dealership, that they're not really trying to sell you the same way that uh, other car dealers are. Yeah, it's more of a museum. So they're just trying to inform you about their artifact. After uh, you first got the Tesla, I mean, what did you find that you ended up liking the most about it? Uh, Probably the acceleration. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... With a normal vehicle that's fast and you go to like um, a stoplight or something and you punch it, you make like a ton of noise and you feel like a jerk and people get grumpy. But with a Tesla, you can just like floor it and you just shoot off and nobody cares because you're silent. Uh, The other nice thing about it is that you're not really shifting. And even if you have an automatic car, the automatic car is shifting internally so it's not like you don't really feel like a whole bunch of jerking motions as you're flooring it it just it's like an aircraft taking off yeah just the the constant acceleration sort of related to that uh when you pull off the pedal it does the regenerative braking and that's one of the things i really loved uh, that's one of the things I really love about driving the tesla is i can control it mostly with one foot and it sort of is reminiscent of like engine braking on a manual transmission except i don't need to worry about what i'm gear i'm in and also relating to the manual transmission uh it driving a tesla is probably closer in feel to that with its directness than an automatic Uh, another thing i love about the tesla is that you can configure whether or not you want creep on and i accidentally almost crashed your car by forgetting it was off you had creep off when i drove your car and I, and I keep my creep on. And so when we were when I was pulling up to park your car, uh, I forgot that creep was off. Uh, and I was like, oh, I need to go a little bit further forward and like press too hard. And The reason I have creep off um, was so that it would drive similar to my M3 that I had before. On your 335, did your 335 creep forward when you had your foot off? 
the well, brake? Well, I had the automatic in my 335. The reason that I did that was because I wanted my wife to be able to drive it. And then she ended up never driving it. So I kind of regret not getting a manual. Okay. Now on my old uh, BMW M3, my M3 had a, a DCT on it. So you could drive it like an automatic, but um, it had the paddle shifters and whatnot on the steering wheel. But uh, a side effect of that is that the car kind of drove like a manual transmission, only it didn't have a clutch. So when you had your foot on the brake and you took it off the brake, it did not creep forward. So so I actually had a vehicle uh, with a DSG. Um, yeah, so I, so I had a... Uh, Volkswagen CC right after moving to uh, Kirkland uh, right right before I bought the Tesla. And I, the reason I got that car was I desperately needed a car and I needed to buy one within like two days. And so uh, there's a website called Tread. And at the time, they don't have any more, but at the time they had a thing where they would buy your car back for up to seven days if you didn't like it. And so I went and I picked a car that had a reasonable number of miles, but was still pretty cheap and just bought it right then. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, that one had a DSG, but it still crept forward. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's just something that was on the M3 specifically, where I didn't have uh, any other car that was like that. I had another car. I had a SL55 at one point, and I don't recall that creeping forward either, even though you could uh, use the paddle shifters and whatnot. Well, a lot of cars have the paddle shifters, but they still have an automatic transmission. Um, but the DSG is basically a manual transmission that just shifts automatically. You know, so maybe BMW just errs on the side of the manual mm-hmm. or something. But I mean, I ultimately like it a lot. I like being able to just sit there and not have to um, keep my foot on the brake. Uh-huh. But as long as the um, pedal isn't too sensitive, you can just creep forward slowly. And that's one of the things I like about the Tesla is that the pedal I don't find to be bad at all. I mean, even though you almost crashed my car, I still find <laughs> that... Uh, I still find the pedal pretty nice uh-huh. where you just, you know, you just put it down an inch and it doesn't, yeah. you have to really mash the pedal in order for it to do anything insane mode or ludicrous mode. Right. And uh, also this a preview of the software update. They added a thing where if there is something in front of you, it will limit acceleration. So you're less likely to slam into it. Really? Yeah, it's an option. You can turn it off, but hmm. So is it how how does that work? Is it just um if you mash your foot on the pedal and there's something in front, it only goes forward a certain amount? Or does it change the whole scale? It changes yeah, it changes the acceleration scale. So it will give you less acceleration if it sees something in front of you. Okay, that is awesome. <laughs> I wanted to give that a shot. I'm afraid to like mash it when there's something in front of me, but it would be interesting to try and see if I die. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to try out is uh, if you could find something that wouldn't actually damage your car. Like, oh, uh, like a like one of those inflatable cars that they showed the Tesla crashing into. <laughs> what I was thinking is one of those uh, 
one of those inflatable huts where they uh, where you have children's parties and they put the rubber balls in. Oh. <laughs> so when you hit it, it like explodes in rubber balls. Yeah. And or- you have the benefit of destroying something terrible. <laughs> when I used to live in Lancaster, uh, the house I had, the neighbors across the block would have one of those things up every single weekend. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it's kind of like how, you know how people think Bird and Ernie, like uh, Bird is evil. Uh-huh. I think that those huts are evil. Or are you talking about like a bouncy castle? Yeah, the bouncy castles. You you, you know I have a bouncy castle. It's, it's sitting uh, in my uh, family room. Oh, God, you're part of the problem. <laughs> But I, I've only inflated it indoors. We we uh, we actually have are basically a room that's effectively dedicated to our bouncy castle, since it rains too much here to keep it outside. So, uh, the other thing I really love about the Tesla is the touchscreen interface. I wish that more cars were like that. So that's interesting because a lot of people don't like the fact that it's a touchscreen interface. I personally think with the Model S. It has just the right amount of physical controls. Yeah, and I know that uh, the Model 3, I didn't like that it felt like everything was on the touchscreen. Yeah, it, it's a little bit less annoying than you first think it is, uh, but there's certainly things that uh, bug me about it. Like, I feel that things like interior cabin control, things like adjusting the air conditioning, I think that's okay on a touchscreen. I just, I don't really like the idea of anything crucial to driving being on a touchscreen. Like what? Adjusting mirrors? Uh, adjusting mirrors you have to enable from the touchscreen, but you can, but you do the actual adjustment from the little wheels on the steering wheel. Yeah, but it's still, it, it feels kind of like, uh, it reminds me of VI. Okay. Where uh, VI has a mode where um, you have to go into the mode and then you know, and then you make your adjustments. And I feel like the model three kind of fits that paradigm. Yeah. But where how instead often of, are you adjusting your mirrors? You save the driver profile. That's what that's for. Yeah, that's true. If you have another common set that you like to do, you just create another driver profile for the other mirror configuration you like. See, it may just be an annoyance of getting into a model three and test driving it compared to actually owning one. Yeah. I think once you actually own one, it's not that big a deal. Before we get to the Model 3 thoughts, uh, maybe we should finish the Model S stuff. Uh, Relating to the performance part of it, so when I first got it, I actually did not own any booster seats uh, for my kids, uh, and I figured that they would just sit in the back of the Tesla in the trunk area with, with the jump seats. But they did not like that, uh, especially the first time I did the put the foot to the floor, uh, one of them cried and the other screamed, no! (laughs) Well, you have to think it's kind of terrible in that the kids are sitting the opposite direction. So instead of your, you know, instead when you're sitting in front, your uh, body kind of goes back into the seat. Right. Where with the kids, they're kind of, uh, it's kind of like being punched in the gut. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's It's effectively like, it would be breaking really fast for for us to avoid an accident. Unless the whole point is being mean to your kids. I guess the Tesla's kind of ideal in that scenario. Yeah. You're going in the trunk. 
going <laughs> to accelerate so fast your tummy hurts. And you don't get air conditioning. Well, remember, um, weren't there people who ended up calling uh, child services? Yeah. Because, yeah, because yeah. there were people, Tesla owners were putting their kids in the trunk. The, the incident here was uh, a co- someone had reported uh, kids being put into the trunk of a car. And so when the cop went to their house to investigate, they're like, oh, yeah, they're, they're right in there. It's the Tesla. They're like, oh. Uh, another one of the things that i like about the teslas are its updatability and um so when i first got my p90d it did not even have uh any sort of autopilot and it was a very exciting day when the i believe 7.0 software came out and it introduced autopilot um, and that also fixed a number of other annoying things. Like before, if you came to a complete stop when you were doing cruise, you had to like re-enable cruise. Uh, but after autopilot, uh, it would just sort of stop and go. Yeah, for me, when I picked mine up, it just got autopilot. And that was very exciting for you too, I imagine. Uh, yeah. I mean, although the car did try to kill me a number of times. Oh, yeah. It likes doing that. It likes trying to take you into the middle of a off-ramp wall. Or at least it used to. I think it's fixed now. Yeah, that's uh, that was the problem that I had is that uh, it would, I would end up taking an exit, and rather than it sticking to the line, it would try to go directly towards the off ramp. Yeah, I think what happened was usually when there's an off ramp, the lane sort of gets wider and wider before it does its actual split, and so it's like, oh, line's getting wider. Let's stay in the middle of the lane, but that happens to just be where the wall is. With the whole version 9 improvement, uh, do you think it's getting better in part because it's starting to integrate with the mapping system? Yeah, I think that they have started probably incorporating the navigation data into trying to determine where you should be on the foot. Yeah, I think. Part of the reason I think that would be useful is that if the car knows that it's doing a uh, freeway exit, that then it can incorporate a new set of conditions to account for, mm-hmm. or at least change the probabilities that a specific event is happening. I think that, yeah, it probably does incorporate that into the current autopilot. I don't know if it does for both the newer and the older ones. Um, the older ones have hardware and I think a bit of software from Mobileye, uh, and that's what Tesla had to basically completely re- re- rewrite when they did the full self-driving hardware. And I think they're still making updates to the mobile eye hardware. That's the one that I have. Um, but I don't think they're as aggressive about it. So I guess we're just talking about the Tesla version 9 software now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the Tesla version 9 software is the one that just came out. And it has a, a whole bunch of new features, including uh, improvements to navigation, changing the layout of the launcher, changing media player controls, a bunch of other stuff, including the acceleration thing that i mentioned earlier so for me i updated my model s but i haven't updated my model 3 yet oh by the way i also have a model 3 so i'm a little bit disappointed in it actually because i had read the update before i actually tried it uh so i guess first i'll go over the things that i like about the update um one is that i can now initiate updates from the Tesla app 
because usually I would go, oh, there's an update. I'd have to run down to the garage, go in the car, initiate the update, then run back. Another thing that I'm pretty happy that they added was uh, the dash cam. So now you can actually pull data like a regular dash cam from the front mounted camera. Um, I was reading that the dash cam only applies to the autopilot 2.5 hardware or greater. Uh, I haven't tried it on the Model S, so I suspect it won't work for my car, but it uh, it will hopefully work for the Model 3. I'm a little disappointed that it requires a USB stick. Uh, instead of just doing it via Wi-Fi or something? Or that there would be enough space to store it on the car. Uh, internally. Yeah, I think the space thing is probably why they didn't do it in the first place. They want to use all that space for other software updates and maps data and whatnot. What I'm hoping is that in future cars, they'll just increase the amount of space that's available so that it'll be built into the car itself. I'm also pretty happy about uh, being able to send uh, from my phone uh, the navigation so I can figure out where I want to go while I'm still inside and then put it in the Tesla and have it be ready when I get in. Uh, is that done through the app itself or is there some kind of share sheet option from other apps? Yeah, it's, it can be done with a share sheet. Have you noticed any changes in autopilot, at least on your variant? On my variant, I haven't noticed any ver- anything in autopilot. I do know that there are some improvements on the Model 3, even though there was going to be an update where it would suggest lane changes for going around people and uh, getting to your na- uh, navigation. It would basically use the navigation system to tell, give you uh, guidance on which uh, lanes to be in and when to get uh, do freeway interchanges and whatnot, but that didn't make it in. There's another thing that did make it in where uh, it, it basically improved dry, uh, blind spot monitoring, where if you put on a blinker, uh, it it draws a little picture of the road in front of you. Uh, it shows like where the other cars are on the road and whatnot. The thing that they added was if you put the like left blinker on and there's someone in your blind spot or that would be dangerous to you, it makes the uh, the side of the lane red uh, where that would happen. And I guess that's only a, a, a newer car feature, one with full self-driving. Uh, one of the things they did do is finally enable all of the cameras on the ones with the full self-driving before they had only had a couple of the cameras enabled. Uh, So on the older Teslas, what kind of proximity sensors are there around the car? Uh, So there's basically the ultrasonic sensors. Uh, So the old cars had a front camera, a rear camera, and then a bunch of uh, ultrasonic sensors and then radar. So why wouldn't that work on an older Tesla having the... um... It can, having the, the red line. ones are not uh, reliable enough, I don't think. I, I, I know that I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with the Model 3 I might trust it, but definitely not with my Model S. So, uh, question. On the new version 9, are the maps vector maps yet? I think so. I think they actually updated the vector maps earlier than that. So yeah, the, scrolling around is faster now. Yeah. Um, and actually... In general, uh, even on the older hardware, version 9 seems to be faster than uh, version 8 was. Uh, my understanding was Tesla was going to be changing its mapping source 
where eventually they were going to do their own internal mapping system instead of using Google as a source. Tesla has a weird mapping system. Uh, they use Google for points of interest and the main map on the display, but they do not use Google for routing, which is like why it's so much worse than if you just go into Google Maps and do your directions. But my understanding was they were going to be bringing the whole thing in-house. That's very possible, but they haven't done that, that's for sure. Um, I suspect okay. they'll probably keep using Google for Maps and then maybe do their navigation in-house. Another question about version 9. I heard that you're not able to have split screen anymore. Yeah, so you have to have the map on the screen at all times, but uh, you can have pop-ups for music and whatever whatever other kind of app you're going to end up using. Right. So this would be getting into my disappointments with version 9. So it used to be that on the Model S, you would basically have uh, two sections, a top section and a bottom section, and you could put whatever apps in the top section and the bottom section that you wanted. And um, then some of them you could make full screen, like the navigation you could make full screen and take up both the top and the bottom. Then on the Model 3, they, because of the screen real estate probably, they had it so the navigation was a thing that's always showing, and then everything else that you put up would be basically a little pop-up window. And so in the case of something like music, this is actually pretty nice because uh, you could adjust the music uh, display to be really small if you just want to see what the current track is and forward and X and have the rest of the display be in the navigation. Or you could pull it up a little bit and see the stations or you could pull up all the way and see a bunch of, uh, or not all the way, but even more and see a bunch of other stuff. So you had a nice little way to get as much or as little information about the other app as you wanted Um depending on uh, what you needed at a time. And I guess they must have thought this was nice because they brought it to the Model S where now all of the apps in the Model S, you also uh, bring up and down basically by dragging them up and down depending on how much of them that you want to see. But this has the effect of you can only attach apps to the bottom of the screen and so you can't. So if I want to have the camera up at the top of the screen, uh, I can't do that anymore. I have to. I can pull it up, and I can pull only pull it up like up to halfway, uh, which is also annoying. And then, in addition to that being annoying, it looks uglier because instead of taking up the whole bottom of the screen, it looks like a little window with a navigation uh, in back of it. And then to make it even worse, it doesn't remember that I had the camera up all the time. So I'll go and I'll start my car. And it'll go back to the music, which is the default. And so I have to bring the camera up again. So you're saying it is actually possible to have, say, for instance, the camera and the music. They're just up as two separate windows. And they're no, kind of in the an other odd thing. You can only have one app coming up from the bottom at a time. So I was hoping, hey, I, I was when I read about this at first, when, because uh, I really like that you can have the music be just a tiny little pop in from the bottom. And so what I was hoping that they would do is I would be able to see the camera, the music, and the navigation. But no, I cannot see the camera and the music at the same time at all. That sounds just so much worse. It is. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, and what I was hoping for is having it where, for instance, I would be able to have the camera 
for the back camera and the music. Right. And if I'm not going anywhere that involves having navigation, not having to have the map on at all. Right. Yeah. And it was one of those things that when I test drove a Model 3, looking at their interface, it felt like, okay, you have to have the map on all the time. I was looking at it saying, okay, I like this so much more on the S that uh, I think the way they have their touchscreen laid out is so much nicer, et cetera, et cetera. Uh And it just seems like they kind of ruined the Model S interface with this update. Yes, they did. It's It sucks. It was actually one of the things that kind of steered me away from getting a Model 3 instead of getting another Model S. Uh-huh. Is I was thinking, okay, this is this is so much nicer on the S. And it just makes me think, okay, what's going to happen in the future? When you look at the concept images of the Roadster, the Roadster is still using a portrait mode interface. Uh-huh. There's a lot of talk about the update for the Model S that's coming out this year is going to switch from the portrait-style touchscreen to more of a landscape-style touchscreen, kind of similar to the Model 3. I really hope it's still integrated into the dash. Yeah, me too. But I'm thinking here, okay, if they're going to be doing this with the Roadster, then they're still committed to having a portrait-style touchscreen and all of the benefits that come with it. Uh But if they're doing this interface where you're kind of stuck with uh, most of your interface being the map, then, well, what's the point? You're actually better off having a landscape-style screen if that's what you're limited to. Yeah. So do you think this is something they're going to fix at all with a newer variant of the software, maybe version 10? Or do you think we're just stuck I, with I this? am hoping that enough people complain about it that uh, they make it an option to be able to put stuff back on top. And what I'm really hoping for is to be able to see the music, the nav, and the backup camera all at the same time. I don't think that we're going to get there for at least two versions. What do you think the rationale is? Do you think it's that so many more people are going to be using autopilot and self-driving that it makes sense to have the map on all the time? I don't know. I think that they wanted the flexibility of having variable sized apps. And uh, in order to do that, you need to have a easy way of uh, easy, consistent way of doing it. And the way easy, consistent way of doing it is basically dragging up from the bottom. Then that's the other thing is that I feel like it's more of a distraction having it, you know, dragging it as opposed to just having a button that you push and having it be two separate screens. It's honestly, that part honestly isn't worse. That's fine. And also they did a great speed improvement for getting the stuff up in the first place, um, particularly when you're driving. Do you think even as a compromise, if they just fix it where it remembers where the apps are? Do you think that would just be, you know, that that alone would make it a lot nicer? Oh, you mean so I wouldn't have to bring up the camera every time I started the car? Exactly, yeah. That would be a big help, that's for sure. And I I do normally have the camera at the bottom anyway, but I don't think it looks as nice. I don't like it looking like a window. And if it is a window, I want to be able to put it where I want. (laughs) And I mean, also, you're realistically getting less screen real estate by having it be in a window. And the way that they transform the camera, like I, I don't know what their algorithm is, but it doesn't look as nice for the quality of the camera image. And it might be because I'm in the older Model S, but... See, this is uh, this is one of the flip sides of having software updates in your car. Yeah. It's like, yes, your car may end up getting better and probably will end up getting better in some respects. 
<laughs> but it but might end up getting worse, yes. It might end up getting worse. Yeah, most of the time it gets better. In this particular case, I, I wish I hadn't updated my S. So this was the iOS 7 of Tesla releases for you? <laughs> Actually, I didn't really mind iOS 7 too much, aside from everything being hard to see. <laughs> that about covers our discussion of the version 9 update from Tesla. Uh, I'll report back after I've also updated it on the 3 and see what my feelings are there. Um, and this does give a good opportunity to switch to our thoughts on the Model 3 because it also keeps on getting updated with interesting in interesting ways. I'll give an example here. Uh, back when I first got the Model 3, and uh, we were one of the first uh, people to get it because people who already had a Tesla got priority. Uh, I think we were actually the third one in the Seattle area to get our delivery. It shipped and it had uh, front heated seats, which is nice. That's what they, they said. And um, then people took apart the Model 3. They discovered hey, the rear seats are all wired up to be heated seats, but there's no way to turn it on. And I'm like, hmm, well, that's interesting. And then one day I get a software update, and hey, I now have rear heated seats. They had never advertised rear heated seats when they were selling the car. They just showed up one day. So sometimes you even get new hardware features. Why do you think they didn't have that on by default? I think they hadn't figured out the UI for it yet, basically. Probably because they, they started off with, I think, seat control sort of similar to the S, and they needed a way to sort of uh, select which seats get turned on in an intuitive way, and I think they probably just hadn't finished doing that yet. Uh, continuing with the Model 3, when they were first uh, putting the pre-orders on, I figured I would pre-order a Model 3, and I wasn't sure if I was going to actually get it or not. And then I thought, well, uh, since I'll be one of the first people to get one, maybe I can put it on Turo and rent it out for a while. But then I just never put it on Turo, even though there were some of them getting like $200 a night. Do you think those filled up at all? I know that some of them were getting rentals. They had reviews. Uh, Turo, for those who aren't familiar, uh, is sort of a, uh, it's basically like Airbnb for cars. Uh, You rent, you, you have a, there's a service where you rent your own car to people so yeah the the model 3 their their target was basically a bmw 3 series and i think they got actually very close to it ours feels a lot like our old 3 series does in driving dynamics not quite as sharp but still very good um in fact uh that's the major difference well that's the major uh performance difference that's easily noticeable between the two is that the Model 3 feels very light, very direct, and uh, handles just really wonderfully. Uh, I really wish that my Model S handled like my Model 3 does. What's the curb weight of a Model 3? The Model 3 is 3,838 to 4,072 pounds, I assume, depending on whether or not you get the dual motor. Whereas the BMW 335 is a curb weight of 3,555 pounds, so considerably lighter. Uh, but the Model 3 has its battery pack at the bottom, which helps the driving dynamics a lot. Uh, Also, compared to the Model S, so the Model S is between 4,600 and 4,900 pounds, and I think most of them today are generally generally closer to the 4,900 because they're all sold with a dual motor. And also the battery. 
the yeah, larger battery. The larger batteries, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a very heavy car, the Model S. And that definitely impacts the driving. I mean, it's great for just driving in a straight line, but uh, going around corners on a hill, not quite. Well, it's actually not too bad. It definitely feels its weight, uh, but not as much as a similarly uh, heavy car with a traditional engine just because of the weight distribution. You can have one really, really great weight distribution. So where do you think the Model 3 is going? Like, say, for instance, if they end up improving battery tech, do you think that it will still sell a Model 3 that has a 225-mile range, but just make it where it's a lighter battery? I, I suspect that they'll probably eventually just go up in range. Because I think people really like the 300-ish mile point. I think that's that, that's around where people stop caring as much. Did you have any thoughts on its handling? Mark drove the performance version of the Model 3, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. And, I mean, I like the handling. It feels... You know, not like you're being strapped to a rocket the same way as a P90D or P100D, but the pickup's really good on it. And uh, just the way it handles in corners is a lot better than a Model S. The main things I didn't like about the Model 3 had more to do with interface. The, uh, you know, the landscape touchscreen as opposed to the uh, portrait touchscreen on the Model S. And then also uh, the fact that... um, the wheel controls I didn't enjoy as much. Mm-hmm. It just seems kind of strange compared to the Model S. And then also the fact that you don't have a screen in front of you, that it's basically just one large touch screen that you look off to the side in order to see things. Yeah. Where on a Model S, you get an actual uh, speedometer readout straight in front of you like a normal car. Yeah, that is definitely one of the things I really like about the S, especially when you're doing navigation, because it will show the navigation both on the screen and in the dash screen in front of you, and it's very convenient. And the dash screen in front of you on a Model S is configurable, where you can have it show anywhere from battery stats and power usage to music to contacts. Yeah, And I mean, it's nice and configurable on a Model S, where on the Model 3, it just simply doesn't exist. Yep. That is uh, definitely one of the more annoying things about the Model 3. It is why I don't know if I would get a Model 3 as a potential next car, uh, even though I really like the way that it handles. What do you think you would get as the next car? Would you get another S? At this point, probably another S. I want to say I would be able to get a Roadster, but uh, I don't think that it's that likely <laughs> but it's a long ways off <laughs> um i'm not getting another car until my powertrain warranty is expired which is like another five years start saving <laughs> uh despite having nicer handling the um that sort of has a partial consequence of the the ride isn't as nice it isn't as smooth um though uh in the newer ones it's uh, definitely uh, more comfortable than the the previous ones the 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 first ones off the line had a much uh, a stiffer, more sportyish kind of suspension, and then they sort of softened it up uh, on the later ones. And we have one of the harder suspension ones that my my uh, sister and my mom both also have a Model Three, and uh, theirs theirs is definitely softer. I mean that's uh, adjustable to some degree, right? That you can change the handling within the interface. Uh, no, th- well this year. You can uh, the handling adjustment that you're talking about is, I believe, the steering wheel. The steering wheel. There's a comfort, normal, and sport, and that just basically adjusts the resistance. 
Uh, the interesting thing about the steering wheel with the Tesla is it is not a direct drive. Um, it has a physical linkage to the wheels. So you do get actual road feedback uh, directly uh, in a Tesla, which is actually not the case in uh, some other cars. I Wait, so you're saying the Model 3 is direct drive or it isn't yeah, direct drive? The, the Model 3 and the Model S both have a physical linkage. I would have thought they would have been drive by wire. I think that, uh, yeah, I think this is where Elon's car guyness comes into play. He, uh, he used to have a, a McLaren F1 and whatnot, and I'm sure that he would get annoyed by the lack of feedback. Yeah, so, so the, I'm guessing that the major thing preventing you from just getting a Model 3 then is the, the screen and the interface. The screen and the wheel interface. And then also the lack of an actual screen in front of me. Was it was it fast enough for you, the performance version? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, I didn't I wasn't overly aggressive. And I mean, I guess part of the reason that I'm not overly aggressive nowadays is that I'm driving a giant SUV. <laughs> so I mean, I don't really get an opportunity to be aggressive right now. Anything I end up getting will be better than what I have now. <laughs> uh Back when I first got the Model 3, uh, I actually took some notes about how I felt about it. Uh, should I go over some of those? Yeah, sure. Um, so I already went over the handling. Uh, I was already annoyed that I could only have uh, one screen up at the time. Like I couldn't have the backup camera, other stuff up at the same time. And so I was already annoyed by that. At the time that I got it, they uh, had the autopilot you, you enabled it with two stocks down, but you couldn't really adjust it. Um, you had to use the touchscreen controls to adjust it. But luckily, due to a wonderful software update, this time in the positive direction, they made it so you can adjust the follow distance and cruise speed with the little uh, thumb wheel on the right-hand side. And that made things worlds better. Um, oh, that's uh, version 8, right? Yeah, or something somewhere around there. Because I remember when I test drove that I was uh, able to adjust that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that uh, it's it's had it for a while, but it was one of the first things that they changed, probably because everyone was angry. It has uh, the the same nice instant torque as the my P ninety D did. Uh, I think an interesting thing here is uh, the where the acceleration is. So it's clearly not nearly as quick as my p90d from a standstill but it feels like super close um when you're around 30 miles an hour i don't know if this is just like all of the newer cars this way i know that the model 3s use a different kind of motor they use like an in, uh, a permanent magnet inductance motor or something like that um and so the advantage here is it's much easier to cool and uh one of the problems that people used to have with, that people have with the Model S is that if you take it to a track, you get like one lap out of it because at that point your car overheats and goes into limp mode. But with mm -hmm. the the way that it's set up is much easier to cool and so it doesn't overheat and you can stay and do your lap day all in, uh, until you completely run out of charge. And someone did some modifications to a Model 3 and it even beat out a, a, a Porsche in a, a racing event. Do you think that the difference between the 30 to 60 has to do with the weight of the car? 
the fact that it's so much thinner felt. I don't know. Just I, I think that that would make more of a difference at the the lower speed. Um, and it, and it's only the mid range that's faster. Like if you get up into sixty seventy, mine is way faster again and way low it's faster it's only the mid-range that is like super responsive and i think tesla might have actually underrated their motor um so one of the things i note with uh, teslas is that the p100d is really really good when it comes to zero to 60 however when you get into 60 to 100 or 100 to 150 that that's where it ends up trailing off significantly from the other supercars yeah well, electric motors have their max torque at zero RPM. So as as, su- as you go up, it gets progressively well. It's flat for a while, but uh, as you get to the higher, then it's gonna the torque is gonna drop off. And so, at some point, I mean, because Teslas are only a single gear. The original Roadsters had two, but they ran into so many problems with that that they killed it. And so you only have a single gear. And when you have only a single gear, then your motor has to move that fast. If your motor can't move that fast or it isn't designed with high torque with really high RPM, then you're going to get a fall off and it's not going to be able to accelerate as fast at the higher speed. Okay. So then the new Roadster, uh, do you have any idea what's different about that and what they're doing? Um, I think it's still a single gear, but I mean, there's three of them instead of two, right? (laughs) <laughs> and then they're yeah. going to be higher powered motors and then they can draw more that's the other thing they'll be able to draw more current when you get into the higher rpms you start also needing to to have high rpm high torque you need to draw higher current um and the 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 model s stop there's a limit to the amount that it can put through the the roadster is going to have the two layers of battery packs probably in parallel which means you can draw more current and so it can go faster. So uh, the Model S limitation is a combination of motor limitation and current limitation. Yeah, I believe so. And with the Model 3, part of it with the Model 3 is that the Model 3 weighs less. Yeah, the Model 3, the Model 3, the Model 3 weighs less. So it has some, and I think that the, uh, what I was trying to indicate before is that it's possible that the uh, performance characteristics of the new motor might uh, be part of the reason for its nice mid-range. And it might have been the way that I was putting on the pedal because uh, since my car is only rear-wheel drive, it probably made it much easier for the rear tires to break loose. And uh, so I might have been engaging engaging the traction control and not knowing it, um, which may have made the initial feel slower. Uh, Whereas I was able to get it more correct for the mid-range and so it felt faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, swapping out stickier tires, I could probably get even more performance out. It's already uh, when they when they did tests with the Model Three, it's already beats the specified performance numbers, and I think you could get even faster with some stickier tires. I remember them specifically asking uh, to have their mileage rating lowered. <laughs> oh yeah, that, well that's the total range, yeah. They they asked for mm-hmm. it to be lowered and probably so they wouldn't compete as much with the Model S. I know that they underrate their battery. Oh yeah, the other thing with the Model Three that I really love is the phone entry. Uh, unlike the Model S, where you carry around a key fob, you get close. It presents its doors with the phone. Uh, you get close with your phone, and then you push it on the door handle, and that 
basically unlocks the car if the phone is nearby. It used to be when it first came out, it used to be when you got close, it would unlock the car and do the mirrors and everything. But uh, what I noticed, and I'm sure a lot of other people noticed, is your mirrors went in and out all day. Because uh, <laughs> if you're at home, because it kept on thinking the phone is close enough, the car, car isn't close enough, especially since I sit in my office above, right above my car. Um, so the, the mirrors were like going all the time. And luckily they changed it to the mirrors to not uh, do anything until you actually open the door. <laughs> Cute. But I do really love that you can that you don't need to carry that around with you, and you technically don't need to do it with the Model S either because you can go click unlock and go and uh, drive from the phone. But you still have to go into the app to do that, whereas with the Model Three, you can just get in the car. What I really want to see happen is have watch support. So, say for instance, if you don't have your phone on you for some reason, oh, yeah. that uh, you can use your watch in order to get into the car. Does the uh, watch have the kind of Bluetooth chip that would work for that, or is it just a matter of Apple not uh, having the API available? Uh, I am not certain about that. But on the other hand, uh, the one thing the newer watches have is cellular support. So yeah. you could potentially build an app that. Uh, you know, where you have a complication and you press the complication and it unlocks the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be interesting to test. Do you think Remote S does that? So there's an application called Remote S that basically uses the Tesla API to expose a little bit more functionality. I mean, I'm sure that it would be possible for Remote S to do it if it isn't already. Yeah, I'll have to test that. I'll see if there's a complication to my watch. So a lot of people were wondering, well, what happens if your phone battery dies or what happens if you want to give it to a valet? And so the solution that they have for that is a little thing that looks like a credit card, uh, which I actually also like better than a key fob because I can put it in my wallet. Um, And so you can put that on the door pillar and it will open. And uh, then you can put it in the center console and it will let you drive. And you can configure it so that when you use that key, a particular key, it limits acceleration and whatnot as well. It's a neat idea. Although one downside I could see is you have to show every single valet how to do it. Yeah. Eventually they'll all, they'll all get it eventually. Speaking of things where people misinterpreted the Model 3, did you see the thing about the police officer that pulled over a guy with the Model 3? No, what happened? So there's a guy uh, who was driving along and the police officer pulled him over and he went up to him. He said, uh, sir, you're, you're not allowed to have a computer mounted to your dashboard. <laughs> so they Cute. had thought that the Model 3 display was like some sort of custom thing. And he's like, no, um, I, I, I can't move it. You're welcome to try. Um, I need it to control my air conditioning. Oh, man, I would be afraid. I would be afraid that the cop would go in and try and move it and pretty much <laughs> rip it, it out. It's really stable. You I mean, you cannot move it unless you exert a lot of force. So, Yeah. But then it seems kind of silly because a lot of newer cars, like, for instance, the newer BMWs and the newer Mercedes, have screens that kind of stick out of the dash anyway. Yeah, but this one is giant. <laughs> and it sticks out. And it sticks out, like, in a way that looks like a computer monitor. It is... Yeah. I mean, the rest of, I think the rest of the Model 3 interior looks really nice, but that, that screen, 
man, I really, really wish it were integrated into the dash. And I really, really hope they don't do it with the Model S. And I'm and I'm even fine with them not having the dash screen as long as they replace it with something equivalent like a heads-up display. And I know that Tesla purchased a company that made heads-up displays, so they should be able to do this. Um, but if the yeah, if the three had a little HUD on your windscreen, the windshield, the giant windshield that they have uh, that displayed this the speed and the, your upcoming directions i would be pretty much fine with that not having uh, a screen there have you driven any cars that have a hud uh yeah i drove a bmw that had a hud and it was wonderful uh yeah i test drove an m5 like i want to say three four years ago that had one yeah i rented one um when going to someone's wedding and it was like a two-hour drive to where they were doing their wedding. And I really, really liked the HUD. I, I think all cars should have one. I'm betting that if they're going to be doing that, that they'll be doing it in the Model S before they do anything with the Model 3. So you think that they're going to remove the secondary display on the Model S and replace it with a HUD? There, um, I'm not sure if you saw on Electric that uh, they had a preview of what the updated Model S is going to look like. Oh, no, I hadn't see that. We'll have to add it to the show notes. Everyone visit our show notes, by the way, alh.fm, and go to our Amazon links and buy things. And uh, join us on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) One of those things was a lie. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But uh, on Electric, they had a preview of what the updated Model S interior is going to look like. And uh, on that, it showed... Mm -hmm the Model S looking more like a Model 3. And it doesn't have the um, the main dash, which is in front of you, go away, but it's supposedly more minimized. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So if, it's, if it ends up being more minimized, where you just end up getting something like a speedometer and not, you know, the nice customization that you have right now, uh-huh. uh, they may add a HUD just to have the extra features and functionality that you'd be losing. Yeah. I really hope that they would do that back to the three. Uh, one of the annoying things is that, uh, so I have seatbelt extenders for my model S. And the reason I have seatbelt extenders is because my kids use booster seats and it is really difficult for them to clip in, uh, because the, the, the seatbelts are basically flush with the seats and so it's difficult for them to reach over and clip in. And the, the seatbelt extenders that I got for the S don't work with the 3. And I have not found good seatbelt extenders for the Model 3. Like everything I've seen gets some sort of review. Like it popped out, which is very bad for a seatbelt. I mean, realistically, I'm sure once there are more Model 3s on the road, that uh, the third-party manufacturers will switch towards focusing on the Model yeah. 3. Oh, and another interesting little detail for the Model 3 versus the Model S is if you look at the seatbelt heads, on the Model S in the United States, they are black or they match the ca- car. Whereas in the Model 3, they are red. And on almost every single other car, they are red. Do you know the reason for that? Um, safety, I'm guessing. So the reason for that is that in uh, other countries, uh, like in Europe, they mandate 
that they are a contrasting color, like a like a red or whatever. And so most other car manufacturers want to save money, so they only buy one type of little seatbelt head button, and it's always the red one because it works in both markets. But Tesla was like, I want to make my Model S look cooler. And so they got the ones that match. But they don't do that with a three, I guess, to save cost. I imagine just for the sake of consistency that it would be nicer for it to be like other cars. Oh, yeah. I I have noticed that people do have more difficulty figuring out where their seatbelts are uh, in, in the Model S. Do you think they'll change it back at some point? I don't know. I kind of like the look. Hmm. Yeah, so the um, the seats are pretty good in the 3, but not as good as the Model S. Just the, the visibility is great in the Model 3 with that giant glass. I really I really like the visibility in the 3. Yeah, that, that's one thing I noticed within the Model X that I really liked. Yeah, they both is have the the, uh, the glass kind of wrapping up and around the top of the car. Then the other thing with the Model 3 is they finally embraced pockets. So they have door pockets and a little cubby and stuff like that, like a normal car, which I also like. Um, and then their phone holder is kind of cool, too, because they have like a, a little plug that you mount in and then you can just set your phone down on the plug as though it's in a dock. They're talking about adding the wireless charging to newer Teslas. Yeah, I hope I hope that they do that. And the uh, rear seats air conditioning seems to be better in the Model 3 than at least my Model S. What do you think of the front air conditioner in the Model 3 compared to the Model S? It's okay. It seems to make a loud noise, though. Um, Like, it has a constant humming noise when the heat is on. Um, And I took it in to Tesla, and they said that that was normal. But I don't know if I believe them. Hmm. Yeah, because it's supposed to be quieter within the Model 3 compared to the Model S. When when the air conditioning is on, it is. When the heater is on, it's not. Oh, okay. Um, uh, do you find that um, dual climate control works pretty well in the Model 3? Um, yeah, reasonably. I mean, the thing is, we hardly ever change it between us, so it's difficult to tell. Okay, now, um, in the car we have... We have a uh, 2012 Toyota Sequoia. Uh, One of the things I don't like about it is that uh, if you set the climate control separate, like for instance, I have it at 65 because I'm relatively warm and she has it at 72 because she's, you know, because she's not. The car seems to just choose. So if we have, you know, if we're feeling different between the two of us, the car ends up kind of choosing this weird middle ground. So it doesn't do it individually on the vents? Yeah, I mean, it's supposed to. Uh-huh. It's supposed to, but it just it doesn't feel that way. Like, weird. what I would like is I'd like a car where it actually bona fide blows out at 65 degrees for me and 72 for her. That's not the way that air conditioning works, right? Right, right, I mean, yeah. It's going to blow out at a different temperature and get have the goal temperature be that temperature it's mm-hmm. not going to blow out at that temperature with the model three considering how the model three has this giant vent i'm curious how that uh um so they have this little thing where you go on your touch screen and you basically um draw a little dot around where you want it uh where you want your air and then you can sort of split 
you can do it like a two finger thing to split the air into two different places and whatnot. Wait, you said draw a dot around where you want the air to go. You don't. Well, you don't really? draw a dot. You use your finger, and there's a there's a finger, that, and there's a dot on the screen that is indicating what direction the air is going. And you can, uh, use, if you use two fingers instead and pull apart, it becomes two dots, and the air goes in two different places. Oh, weird. Yeah that that was another thing about the Model Three that just seemed weird is that you can't manually change the. Uh, the direction that the air goes yeah that's that needs to be done via the touchscreen yeah uh, that's so weird uh it would be nice if you could set that up with driver profiles i'm not sure if you can i'd have to check on that if you could set the air hmm. up with driver profiles those are set up by driver profiles but it won't remember your camera <laughs> i think that mostly covers my thoughts on the model 3 overall i really like i really like it uh i like my model s better I really wish my Model S had the driving dynamics of my Model 3. Uh, and I will be very interested to see the Roadster. Yeah. I am not interested that- in buying a Model X, but my wife wants one for me. She doesn't oh, really? Want yeah, she doesn't want to drive it herself. <laughs> she wants what, She wants me to get one for me, but, me, but she doesn't want to drive it because it's too big. Why does she want it for you? Because she thinks it's she thinks it's cooler. <laughs> oh no! So my wife calls the Model X an oversized Prius. Yeah, I think it looks like an angry jelly bean. Angry jelly bean. Yeah, I mean I, that's basically what it looks like to me—an angry jelly bean. That's the Model mm. X. It does have have some pretty trick doors. Um, I I borrowed a P one hundred D Model X uh, when I was getting my car's annual servicing done once that was i mean it doesn't drive as nicely as the model s it still drives pretty well considering its giant size and high seating position it's nice that the rear rear passengers actually get air conditioning and unlike Mm. my trunk passengers who i need to i i hand them like one of those handheld fans battery powered and they saw my kids fan themselves when they're in the trunk. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the main problems with the Model X for uh, my side and my family is my wife does not think it is big enough. Uh-huh. Does she, oh, has she cons- tried fitting things in it? It is, it <sighs> no. is huge. Maybe not but quite what, as big as your car, but it is close. Yeah. What she wants... She wants a gigantic SUV. She wants, you know, imagine she wants Tesla to do something like a model double X. Okay. Where it's a gi- <laughs> where it's like a model X only bigger. Oh, we have a Toyota Sequoia. It is a 6,000 pound monstrosity. <laughs> Canyon narrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. Since we did the dimensions before the, the Sequoia is 205 inches long by 80 inches wide and 77 <laughs> inches tall. The Model X is 198 inches long, so 7 inches shorter, 82 inches wide, so it's a little bit wider, and 66 <sighs> inches tall, much shorter. Why don't you just offer to get her a semi? You know, I've actually offered... <laughs> I offered to buy her a Sprinter. 
A sprinter van? Yeah. We we uh we modified a sprinter van to be like a mobile command center and uh work I did in the past. Uh the DARPA challenge? No. Um it was related to a project called Savior, which is okay. was a tile display command and controlled integrating LIDAR, radar, uh sonar, everything R, along with a really <laughs> high resolution camera and uh a number of portable PTs you know, with a unified interface, just even though it's distributed along among several computers. Anyway, we put all that in a sprinter van to do it to do demonstrations. Nice, yeah. Um, the reason I joke about that was that uh, she was always saying that she likes her Sequoia because it seats seven. Uh huh. That it, it seats seven people comfortably. I would say As that opposed, the Model X seats seven pretty people pretty comfortably. I would say this car does more comfortably. Okay. But uh, anyhow, she always brings up the fact that you can seat seven in it. Uh-huh. So that's where the whole thing about the Sprinter comes in that, oh, yeah, if you want something that seats 10, this is a better car. The The doors are pretty cool in the Model X, I, have to, I do have to say. And it is it's actually pretty nice that the... Um, both the front and the back doors are fully automated. I do like that you can press a button to get your doors closed in the front. I don't know how I feel about the doors. I mean, realistically, if you compare to, say, a minivan, lots of minivans have it where the door is open automatically. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I understand that uh, the Model X is a lot flashier because of its doors, but... I'm not really sold on them. Yeah, I don't think the, the the I think the problem was they he he they wanted the functionality of a minivan without looking like a minivan too much. And so, I mean, the Model X is basically a minivan. And it hauls the kids. It does kind of okay off-road, but it's it's that's not its purpose. But my kids really love the doors. Uh they love the the Model Xmas thing. Did you see that? Where, no, no. So there's a thing where it's one of the Easter eggs where if you enable it, if you enable it, then it plays like a song and it opens the doors and it flashes the lights and it's really amusing. Nice. Nice. Oh, um, speaking of Easter eggs, uh, did you try any of the Atari games? Oh, yeah. One of the updates for version nine is Atari games and I have not tried them. Aside from the door and the rear seats being nicer, it's almost identical to a model s um it drives very similarly but they're not not quite as good it accelerates very similarly though not quite as good the interior is pretty the close interior is pretty close the seats are i think probably look cooler on the, especially the rear seats the rear seats look way cooler in the model x the the p100d is still really fast in the model x it's uh even though it's not quite as fast as uh the model s uh they have the like I believe it was Motor Trend did a demonstration of the Model X acceleration. Did you see that one? No, but uh, isn't it three point one or three point two? I believe it's three point one. Um, I think the P one hundred D might actually be faster than that now. Might be up to two point mm-hmm. eight or down to two point eight. So a while ago, uh, Motor Trend was like people don't quite understand just how quick this is. So. We are going to put an Alfa Romeo 4C against, 
an Alfa Romeo 4C that's being towed by a Model X in a drag race. <laughs> and the Model X creamed it while towing its own that own car. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to see that now. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed our rambling about Tesla for a long but indeterminate amount of time. And uh, you can visit us at alh.fm. And uh, what do you have to say, Mark? Well, catch you next week. Oh, also, our uh, thank you to our 90 quadrillion Patreon subscribers. <laughs> because we have to. We need to start keeping track. Yeah. For each show, we need to uh... have our number. Yeah, we should probably put it in our show notes. We should probably put it on the website. <laughs> Patreon. 90 quadrillion Patreon subscribers. Then we can Can't have a little wrong. like universe map and we put like where they are on the in the universe <laughs> and we have like 3 here or like no zero here and like all of them are <laughs> in the rest of the universe. <laughs> we don't even have fans here. We aren't even Patreons for ourselves. Yeah. Our family don't care. No, they do not. <laughs>